welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast. I'm your host, Cesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast. This is the first one we've done, so thank you for listening. Um, that track, obviously the Stevie Ray Vaughan version of Voodoo Child, one of my absolute favorites, uh, very uh, Texas twist to it. But you're probably wondering, what the heck is this? Libertarian Tex-Mex, what makes no sense to me, but we're gonna make it, sen- we're gonna make, it make sense today for you. And I'm going to go through a couple of topics, cover the very first one to kind of lay the groundwork, uh, the tracks, so to speak, on what we're going to be covering. And the whole point of this, uh, this is kind of a brainchild of mine. A couple people um, have been asking me to do one, but I wanted to do something a little bit different from what you see normally out there on... um, out on the social media interwebs, so to speak. So we're gonna couple cover a few things, but the first thing I wanna cover is the reason we're doing this. Um, so the biggest reason we're doing this is because there are a lot of voices out there, um, a lot of politics, obviously, uh, with what's going on. Um, a lot of voices left and right, very extreme views. Um, Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes it doesn't jive with you. Sometimes sometimes they say something partially right, but not fully. So you're kind of pushed in this corner to agree with them, even though you don't agree with them, right? So we want to try to find a, a uh, what I would call a sane view in things, um, meaning we're not going to be yelling at you on a certain point of view, right? Obviously, we're going to be covering what libertarianism means to me to Texans, right? To a Tex-Mex. And we're going to cover some of that. But most importantly, I think the big thing that's missing out today's landscape is knowledge, right? Informative things about what libertarianism means. I feel like for the most part, we are very reactionary to what's going on, right? Anything Donald Trump spits out, um, anything Hillary Clinton spits out, anything our Congress spits out, it's just so easy to react and respond to it. Um, so it's kind of like uh, piece by piece we're saying I agree or I disagree. But what I think is really missing and what I think needs to be in the landscape of discussion is the foundation of some of these political ideologies. And the big one we're going to cover is libertarianism. Now, I think through um, the evolution of what we're going to do here is I want to get more opinions than my own. But my opinion is very heavily grounded on libertarianism. Um, And we're going to go through what that means. But more importantly, I think not just learning the foundations of what libertarianism means. What are the principles, right? What are the core concepts? But also, I think, how is that in play? How is that in real life? And I've had some really good honest questions from friends of mine who are not libertarianism, who are not libertarians, who would say, Caesar, I've never seen the free market at work. Is there such a thing? I've never seen it. Can you give me an example? Or I've never seen, you know, a lack of regulation. 
to be successful. But I think when you look at your everyday life, you see a lot of libertarianism in action, right? So what I want to go through podcast by podcast is a principle of libertarianism. How you look at it, how you see it, how you do use it in your everyday life. And then more importantly, how we view it here in Texas, right? The Tex-Mex view of libertarianism, because there's a lot of libertarians out there. People who claim they're libertarians, sometimes maybe they are, sometimes maybe they're not. Um, sometimes it can be a little bit of a, a hip word to use, um, I'm kind of a hipster word to use of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm a libertarian. I don't, I don't know what that means, right? There's plenty of memes out there with that. Um, but we want to kind of narrow it down to not say we speak for all libertarians, but definitely what libertarianism means here where I'm from uh, in Texas means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I want to cover all the different views on that, right? Have a good debate, have a good discussion, even with people who aren't libertarians, right? Progressives, conservatives, communists, hell, we'll, have a, we'll talk to them, you know, no big deal. But we want to make sure we keep that dialogue open. And I think that's a big part that's missing in today's conversation. It almost feels like everybody's yelling at each other. You know what I'm saying? Like the extreme left and the extreme right are just just shouting at each other. And the loudest voice is going to win. And I think everybody's just completely turned off to politics. You know, completely disheartened. And I think there needs to be kind of a, a return to good conversations to principles and at least moderately have a modicum of enjoyment <laughs> of talking about politics, you know, because it just, it's so arduous now that it's very hard to do. So I want to do two things. A, talk about libertarianism in today's, in, in today's landscape, but more importantly, talk about the foundations, the core fundamental principles of libertarianism and how they apply today. And then the biggest thing I want to do with everybody is let's we're going to talk about food. It's my favorite thing, man. I love food, and especially here in the Houston Houston, Texas area where I'm from, um, there is just huge explosion of a food culture. And I don't mean the pretentious ones that you see in a couple places. I'm talking some down-to-earth good food good mixing of food so we're going to go through some examples of that what it looks like and how libertarianism is at play how the free market works when nobody's there telling you to do something how it works how people innovate some great ideas and then how it all fits together so let me introduce myself now that i've gotten that out of the way my name is caesar aguirre i uh, have it like i said before I live in the Houston area. I'm a native Texan, uh, born and raised here, lived here all my life. Lived in a couple places, Austin, Houston mostly. Um, even went out, we even went out of, out of country, so to speak. <laughs> went out of the state, um, lived in Chicago for a bit, and I've traveled the world. But most importantly, um, you know, my introduction to libertarianism was about 10 years ago. Um, very specifically with, I think, with a lot of people who got influenced into it, is by Ron Paul. So um, 
learning from him um, about his view on civil liberties, limited government, um, sound economics, those things rung so true to me that I haven't turned around since, you know. And people come from different paths to libertarianism. Um, right now, there's a huge migration of conservatives moving into the libertarian party. Um, that They see that the Republicans do not really believe in limited government, so they are kind of moving in here, and that's okay. Um, but before that, you know, I think the, the, the first migration was actually from classical liberalism, right? People who believed in civil liberties and a restrained government um, and allowing people to do to freely move and make the decisions in their lives that was the movement that i came from um, strong strong support of civil liberties and watching those erode slowly over time um, really disheartened me from the democratic party or from the republican party um, so ron paul's message about core understanding of civil liberties, sound economics, and a limited and restrained government really, really rang in my head. And I have just eaten it up, absorbed it, um, done my own part with the Libertarian Party, and also being an independent. I go back and forth a little bit. Um, I think just the nature of being a Libertarian is you understand individualism. Um, being your own man, so to speak, being your own person. So every once in a while, uh, I'll do something to support the Libertarian Party, to support the movement, but also I don't want to be defined by it. You know what I'm saying? I want to be my own person. So sometimes I support a Republican candidate. Sometimes I, re I support a Democratic candidate. Sometimes I report a a support a Libertarian. Sometimes a Green Party. It's always based on the individual. That's what libertarianism is about. It's about individual action and individual messages. And you have so many that you eventually have a populace, right? So we want to make sure that we are speaking to the smallest group of people, right? Ron Paul used to always say the smallest individual, the sm I'm sorry, the smallest group, the smallest minority is the individual. And he's very true. You know, no race, no gender, no political group is really ever going to define you. All these things together are going to define who you are as a person. And I think about that as myself. Uh, I said my name is Cesar Aguirre, but really, um, I'm actually uh, Mexican-Americans. They call, in Spanish, they say Cesar Aguirre. So having that influence, obviously, in the name Tex-Mex, um, I think... It's a very important movement, the libertarian movement of individual action, um, individual liberty. Um, it's a very important message that I feel needs to be spread also through, his, through the uh, Latino community um, as well as any other Texan that's out there. So we know that there's a huge migration of people coming in from California, from the Midwest, etc. And we as Texans fully embrace people coming from whatever walks of life. But we also want to make sure when they come in that they understand the core principles of what it is to be a Texan. Some things are good, some things are bad, but we got something really cool here. 
it very specifically, I can speak very uh, strongly to the Houston area that is just this crazy hodgepodge of mixing of cultures and food and idea and business and economics. It's, it's booming. It's a great time to be in Houston. Um, there are other areas like Austin and Dallas that have their own um, melting pots that are going on. Not as diverse as Houston, but they definitely have something going on, which we also want to explore as well. Um, and even a part of Louisiana, there's a huge, huge mix of culture going on there. Uh, Creole, Cajun, French, everything's going on in there. So hopefully at some point I can also bring, shed some light into that as well. And also my favorite thing is to share some food. Show y'all some food that is delicious out of this world. And uh, hopefully I get to go out and enjoy some of this food. So anyways, so now that we got the introduction out of the way and what the point of all this is, um, the other part that we're going to be going into, like I said, is the principles of what, what it means to be a libertarian. Now, what I like about libertarianism is that it's a very big spectrum of ideas. And some people can view that as a negative, but I think as individuals, we view that as a positive meaning that we have different understandings of principles. And I think that's okay. I think that's what's very lacking in the party, in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, is that everybody has to kind of drink the same Kool-Aid, so to speak. Uh, but as libertarians, we don't have to drink the same Kool-Aid, right? We can have, we can say, I disagree. And I think that's really part that's missing in the regular conversation today. I think what you see in Republicans and Democrats is this all or nothing mentality. Like it's gotten very bad. And I think we need to kind of step off the ledge, so to speak, and bring bring people back to normal and let people know that most Americans, right? Most human beings in the world are like this. They're mo they're normal. They're moderates, right? They're they're reasonable. They're sane. And I think the most vocal, most vociferous voices that are out there have hijacked the political landscape. But it's time to bring it back, you know? It's time to get some voices out there. And what I love about social media is that you definitely see some rational voices out there that may, maybe you don't see in the mainstream. Um, but, you know, you got to understand that the mainstream media works like that, right? It's all about sensationalism. Whoever can get the attention of the viewer is going to be winning the votes, right? Or winning the viewership um, and the sponsorship. So they run by that, which very, it, it runs in contradiction with professional journalism. There are, in, in one of the things that you hear a lot about is what, what, what news source can I get? Where can I find something that's going to be nonpartisan? You know, what's going to be neutral? And that's very hard to do, you know. I think looking at human beings, we all have our biases. And we have to be aware of them as we speak and allow the other person who has a different opinion to speak. Um, especially in America where we value the freedom of speech. It seems to be a rare commodity in the world right now because, you know, you look at Europe who has banned hate speech. And now it becomes very hard to speak out against something. And I think it's a very sad 
destruction of speech, you know. And I think, you know, Europe is almost like the liberalism gone gone too far, right? Um, protecting freedom of speech should have been upheld instead of hate speech. Obviously, as a libertarian, we don't believe in violence. Violence towards us, which is another, another core principle called the non-aggression principle. Not every libertarian actually believes in this. Not every libertarian has actually adopted this. This is a, a, a nuance. But one of those principles that we'll go into, because I think it really speaks to li liberals who believe that violence is wrong. Um, even conservatives who believe that violence is wrong. Um, it really speaks to a huge swath of people. And I think it really puts a lot of ideas into, into context. We're not going to go over it today. But it is going to be something that I'm going to cover at some point. And we're going to go over some core ideas like what is a free market? What is non-aggression principle? What is limited government? What is a public-private partnership? Um, this is another concept that sometimes you don't hear about um, from other libertarians or other parties. Um, so we want to explore some ideas on this. Or there's even some people that, um, some libertarians that believe in intervention, that intervention in other countries is justifiable, while other libertarians don't believe that intervention is justifiable. So what I want to do is cover both, right? I want people to understand that there's a huge spectrum of ideas um, that encompass in libertarianism. As um, our former uh, candidate, presidential candidate for the United States president, um, Gary Johnson, you know, he said, you know, he believes that most people are libertarians and they just don't know it. Uh, I believe that as well. I think there's a lot of people that actually fall in the, land, the spectrum of libertarianism. They just don't want, they're just too afraid to get out of the Republican-Democrat dichotomy, Right. To most people, it's one or the other, and there's no other choice. And if you kind of get out of the mainstream, you'll see there's a lot of road work being done to get a viable third party out there. To get more, more than just three parties, but get as many parties as you want. And I think what's most interesting about that is that there are other countries, like Canada. 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 The UK. Um plenty of other countries that have multiple parties that exist in their country and they use coalitions to get things done so there's even another you know setup of political parties that people aren't aware of that i want to bring to light as well so i think the big thing for me is libertarianism is not a set prescribed structure. It's more of like a, a loose skeletal structure, right? A thought, a, a fundamental core thought process that allows you to make decisions from that position, right? From a core belief of this or this. And then you have to make your decision of where you land in today's spectrum of what's going on. So I think that's the big thing that I want to demystify about libertarianism. It doesn't mean that it's lawless 
there's no government, right? You just do whatever you want to, you know? That That's such a big myth that is perpetuated by both the left and the right, you know? But there's a large spectrum. Uh, even at that level of limited, minimal government, you know, we have anarcho-capitalist people who believe in no regulated government at all. Others that are mini-archist, they believe in a minimal structure of government. And then there's the regular libertarians that do believe in the current structure of government. They just want to reduce the size of it, or at least make it accountable for what it does. So again, there's a big spectrum of what libertarianism means, and I want to get through it. And more specifically, you know, because this is the libertarian text mix, not only am I talking about myself as a, a Texan Mexican, but also what other people think, what other people in my area feel as libertarianism is to them. We want to bring in dialogue. We want to be okay to disagree with each other. But we want to be human, right? We want to be reasonable about it to say i don't agree with this and here's why right or i think that thing is absurd and here's why maybe we poke fun of each other a little bit but to the point where you see in social media and um and in the news right where people are just so vociferous that they just suck the air out of it and makes it no fun and we want to make it fun so what I want to do is pair these discussions with some delicious food, you know, you know, just like when you do a wine club or something like that, or you go to the, to the store and they're talking about, oh, this wine goes good with this food, etc. That's what we're going to do here, right? We're going to pair politics. We're going to pair those, those conversations with some delicious plates here, you know, that way we can get over our fear of a bad discussion. Um, so we'll get through that. News is another thing that we want to cover. Uh, there's so much in the news that's going on. I, I don't even know where to begin all, sometimes, you know. But there's so much going on with President Trump. So much going on in the Democratic Party. The Republican Party. Also in internationally, there's a lot going on in Europe. I mean, there's always something going on everywhere. You know, Russia, China, everywhere. We want to look at those as well and go over that. I think the one of the big weaknesses in American politics is our foreign policy, right? We don't know much about other people. We don't know much about other countries. But then we impose laws and regulations and actions from our government, from our opinions, that are very uninformed. So I think what we want to do now is look at the bigger picture on things, look at some nuances, you know, especially in the Middle East, and understand how our actions and our foreign policies impact those as well so like i said there's something in the news all the time and we're going to cover some of that as well the other big thing that i want to do here is i'm a giant foodie and i, I all i have to, all i can do is blame texas and houston for that if you first off you just want to think about texas barbecue is legendary here right the myth not the myth the, the mysticism behind a good a good cook is just legendary here, right? Barbecue is amazing. Tex-Mex, Mexican food, Tex-Mex, enchiladas, tacos, stuff like that. We're going to go through some of that as well because there is such a great 
um, great pockets of food everywhere. And you know what I think it's interesting is that people who are not from Texas kind of view it as a big lump, right? Big lump of barbecue, big lump of uh, you know Tex-Mex, um, and they may not know the differences, right? The nuances of Austin Tex-Mex versus Houston Tex-Mex, or barbecue from the hill country versus barbecue out in East Texas. There's differences, and we want to go over that. So that way, if any of you any of you listeners are out there that end up coming to Houston, end up coming to Texas, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. Um, you may know some differences. You may know the places to check out. And then on top of that, you'll be able to get into the conversation that's going on. Um, even in politics, you know, Texas is very mixed. Um, I, I always tell people in the last election, even though Donald Trump won uh, the overall uh, electoral votes, it was very a very close split. Um, only because of the voting laws that we have in Texas, uh, it's basically a sweepstakes. So whoever gets more than the other gets all the votes. But if you look at the percentage of people that actually voted for Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, it was a very, very close race. So what I think most people have to see is that in Texas, it's not a clean Republican slate. It's um, it's. It's very mixed. And I think what most people have to remember about Texas as well is that it wasn't always Republican, right? It was, it's only been the last maybe three or four decades that it's been Republican. But before that, it was very strongly Democrat. So just keep that in mind. The, keep in mind for the headwinds going forward that things could always change on a dime. And the, our politicians here have to be very responsive to what the people want. So anyways, just like food, right? <laughs> you got to serve a plate that people want. So I hold ourselves account as libertarians as well. We have core principles. We've got to find a way to sell it, so to speak, make it palatable for people, make it delicious, serve a plate of libertarianism that tastes good. You can't, can't be serving up a plate of of crap to somebody, you know, they're not going to like that. So we've got to serve up a dish that really describes libertarianism really well and a flavor that people are going to enjoy. So we're going to explore that as well. So thinking about a future um, a future podcast, some of the possible topics um we're going to go through, I've said before, the non-aggression principle. I think it's a very big one that's on the libertarian mind right now. How that applies, what that is, and how it applies to daily conversation. Um, what the free market is. You know, What is the difference between free market and capitalism or controlled economy? We're going to go through some of those ideas. I want to talk about, at some point, I want to talk about the phrase socially liberal, fiscally conservative. This used to be actually a very popular term to kind of summarize what a libertarianism is and then what a libertarian is. And for some reason, it became, uh, it fell out of favor for some reason. I, I have some people that I think headed that, but I want to disagree with them and let them know why. I think it's a very good term for people to bring in new people who may not understand libertarians completely. So we're going to go through a couple other options on this one. And the big thing I want to do at some point 
is bring in some guests. Bring in some people with different views. I don't want libertarian libertarians uh, to speak in a vacuum. You know, I don't want to speak into each other. We've really, the big thing as libertarians is we have to go out and talk to other people that don't b believe in what we say, you know. We have to go out and have those conversations and really learn to attract either a, a new libertarian or a partner in libertarian principles. And I think that's a big thing for people to understand is not everybody has to be a libertarian to, to believe in libertarian ideas, right? We have to find friends and we have to find partners in the people that we can. Um, and I think this is a very big thing, uh, a coalition, right? To make, get some movements going. So we'll get through some of that as well. Um, yeah, so I think this is probably the best. This is probably the, um, this is probably how I'm going to end the first podcast. Um, but I really want to thank you guys, ladies and gentlemen, everyone actually, y'all, we say in Texas, y'all, this best way to avoid the gender argument about saying he or she or guys, you guys, you girls, you say y'all, right? All encompassing y'all. <laughs> so hopefully you as a listener will learn to pick up y'all because I think it works perfectly in today's very, uh, very careful language you have to speak not to offend anybody. And not that, not that you can't offend anybody, but if you're a normal person that's trying not to be rude, that's trying to just be a gentleman, a lady, whatever it is. Um, you don't want to offend people all the time. Sometimes you got to be nice. Sometimes you got to be polite. So y'all is a perfect situ perfect word for that. So I want to thank y'all for listening. And please listen in to the future podcast that we got going on. Again, I'm your host, Cesar Aguirre. And uh, please tune in for the next one. See y'all next time. Pick up the pieces,